0: Welcome to Hateful Christian Church. My name is Litsulo Peleci, and I'm a pastor here at the church. This morning, Pastor Louis will be sharing around his theme, Love Revolution, and his title this morning of the sermon is called Live to see change. All our services normally start with the time of worship and offering, but this time we wanna give you just a hint of what's coming over the next few weeks as we share around our annual faith promise season and explore the change that we as the church have been able to make across the street and across the globe. If you are new to Headflow Christian Church, we would like to encourage you to like our Facebook page or to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date. Right now, we would like to invite you to come and worship with us.
1: place and we give you glory and honor we pray this morning that as we worship you there would be a shift and a change in the atmosphere and so I want to invite you I want to challenge you this morning to worship the Lord right where you are in your home and that allow the Lord to come and shift and to mold and to change the atmosphere When you worship him, there's a change that happens. The Bible says, put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And Lord, we do that this morning. We choose to trust in you. We choose to believe in you. We choose to say, Lord, come and fill our hearts. Come and fill our homes with your glorious presence that we can say, thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We magnify. We glorify. We lift up your name, Lord. You are great and greatly to be praised. We lift up your name, Lord.
2: Beginning to the end It will always be It's always been you, Jesus Jesus, you're at the center Jesus at the center of it all Jesus at the center of it all From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters.
3: thank you thank you for your presence that has been, been with us Jesus. this day in every one of our homes in every space where we have worshiped you that you are with us in that space thank you lord that your presence continues with us from here through this service through the rest of the week that we will continue to encounter you and experience your faithfulness and your goodness we love you lord it is such a privilege and an honor to be your children in Jesus name amen god is good and it is that fact that directs our response when it comes to the time of of giving our offerings and paying our tithes and i want to invite you today to continue to respond to the lord and to continue to sow the seeds of the kingdom so right now on your screen you'll see coming the information that you'll need to pay your tithes and offerings you can either do it directly into the bank account or follow the SnapScan prompt and whichever way you want to do that, please won't you get ready and uh, give to the Lord because he is so good to you. So right now, just follow the prompts on your screen and re- get ready to give.
0: Thank you, Pastor Louis. Next week marks the start of our annual Faith Promise season. Pastor Louis, tell me a little bit about Faith Promise.
3: Why is it such a special time for us as a church? Yeah, you're right. It's always been for so many years now. Such an amazing time at Hatfield. It's when we gather together as Hatfield and we all put our faith out to trust the Lord for an amount of money that we use in our ministries and missions to bring change all across the world. Uh, So what we do is we all have an opportunity where we ask the Lord how much He wants each of us to trust Him for, for an amount for that year. And then we take that amount and we all group it together and that becomes our faith promise for that year. It's not money that we are giving out of our budgets necessarily. It's money that we trust the Lord for each of us. And then we bring that together, that forms the pledge, and that's the money we use Mm. and have been doing now for more than 37 years, have been celebrating this time of the year every year the amount that the Lord has given in the previous year and that we're trusting Him for the next year. So it's always an exciting time in the church, and this year is going to be no different. Thank you, Pastor Louis. Now that you know the why, here's a little bit
0: more about Faith Promise.
4: What if we told you that you have a superpower that we all do, A God-given gift so wonderful, it could transform an entire nation, empower our future leaders, even feed hundreds, no thousands of hungry mouths with one action. A pledged partnership with God and us. It all starts with kindness, a promise, and a little bit of faith. This is more than a donation. It's a two-way promise your promise to God to be the conduit of change through your pledge, and our promise to you of transparency, trust, and honesty. This is about realizing your ability to give, no matter the amount, and be part of a bigger movement of change for those who need it most. Because solving the problems across the globe begins with solving the problems across the street. If you can change a life, a single life, then that life can change a family. That family can change a community. And that community can change a nation. Perhaps, together, we can even change the world. But don't take our word for it. Take it from the young boy who now has a family for life, the broken-spirited teen who now has the courage to dream, or one of our missionary families who spread God's word thanks to the 110 million rand raised over the past 37 years and growing. You are the hero. We're simply the facilitators, the custodians of your generosity, who make sure every last cent you donate ends up in one of our streams of change each geared to implement the good our world needs. All this starts here, today, with you. Be a part of something bigger. Give to see change. Join our journey from across the street to across the globe.
0: Join us over the next few weeks as we explore the change your giving has made. Now, let's engage with Pastor Louis as he shares the word with us.
3: Thank you for joining me for the sermon. The title of my message today is Living to See Change. Now I'm sure like me, you all have something in your life that you should be doing more of, like doing more exercise or eating healthy food more often or reading more or something we we all have things like that that we we know and there's a little bit of guilty feeling in us so every now and then we give it a go and we like if it's supposed to be that you do more exercise you know and then you do a park run and after you've done the park run you feel so good and it feels so amazing so I'm going to do one every week but then next week comes and it's early Saturday morning and oh, I'm tired I've had a rough week and and then you just stay in bed and you go don't go but then you feel guilty and you try and uh you know, and so we we all got those things in our lives that we end up knowing we should be doing more of, but we just don't quite get to it. I think sometimes that's how we feel about Matthew 28 and the Great Commission. We know we should be doing it, and we know we should be doing more in the Great Commission, and we love it when we actually get to do something that fits into fulfilling the Great Commission, but yet, we struggle to keep a good rhythm, we struggle to make it part of our lifestyle. Let me read for you what Matthew twenty-eight from verse eighteen says, just to remind us all of uh, this great command and the great commission that Jesus gave us. James came and told his Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. This is a fantastic commission that Jesus gave us. Actually, such a wonderful thing to think that he involves us in this task of building his kingdom on earth, of spreading the gospel, of making the Disciples and making disciples includes evangelism and evangelizing people, but it's so much more than that. It's about bringing God's order and to establish God's order on earth. Over the last couple of weeks, we spoke about how the enemy wants to bring chaos and darkness and wants to move people from light into darkness. But our commission that Jesus gave us is to bring people back into the order of God by teaching them the truths that Jesus has taught us and bringing them to an experience of salvation. And living in the kingdom. What an amazing privilege. What a joy. And I don't know about you, but I've experienced it certainly in my life that uh, whenever I'm busy with a great commission and I see something happening, I see somebody's life transformed and changed or somebody accept the Lord Jesus as their savior. There's nothing better than that. But so often we struggle to keep a lifestyle that brings this change into the world. And that's what I want to talk with you a little bit about today and about how do we live a life that brings change to this world through fulfilling the Great Commission. I want to take you to John 15 for a bit. And John 15 is a particularly valuable piece of Scripture. It's, it's Jesus' last teaching that He gives His disciples before He goes to the cross. And in this, He actually talks to them about how to live a life That will bring change to the world. Because he's leaving and then he says to them, it's better for you that I go. The Holy Spirit will come and he will teach you all the truth and he will empower you to be my witnesses. Uh, But in John 15, he explains to them the rhythm, the, the process that will be unfolding in their lives in days to come. That the Holy Spirit will do in them that will give them the ability to live a lifestyle that will see the world changed. And that starts right with us in John 15, verse 5. I want to read and then I'm going to drop down and read some other portions of John 15. In John 15, verse 5, he says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The, the, the concept that Jesus is using is he's using a vine and showing, and we think that they were literally walking through the vineyards and he was using that as an object lesson to describe to them that he wants them to bear fruit. And fruit in this context is the fruit of the kingdom. It's building the kingdom. It's seeing the kingdom come and seeing lives changed through receiving the gospel message and then getting to live the life of the kingdom Jesus says, I'm positioning you to bear much fruit. But the first thing you have to understand about bearing fruit and being able to bear the fruit of the kingdom is that you can't do it on your own. It happens in the context of our relationship with Jesus. He says, without me, you can do nothing. He's like the tree and we're the branches that actually carry the fruit. But the branch on its own cannot carry the fruit. It has to be grafted in, firmly connected, united with the the tree. Almost to the point where you don't know where the tree ends and the branch begins. It becomes one unit. And in that unit, fruit is produced. And that's how our relationship with the Lord Jesus is. That when we are connected with the Lord, when we've become one with the Lord, it's from that relationship that fruit becomes possible. Fruit becomes the natural expression of the tree Because of the type of tree it is. And that's the the picture that Jesus gives us. So while we may so often feel like it's hard to produce fruit and and to do, make disciples and and to do the work of the kingdom. Jesus is actually saying to us, "There's, there's a natural process. That if we allow that process, that process will produce kingdom fruit in our lives. And that process begins by being in Jesus being connected with Jesus, having an intimate relationship with Jesus. Also what we've been speaking over about over the last couple of weeks and, in prayer and drawing near to the Lord. It's that that begins a process in our lives of bearing fruit. So, For those of you that are Hatfielders that know me, that you know that when I talk about these things, there's invariably a triangle is going to pop up. So I'm going to be using a triangle today and draw a triangle for you to describe the process that Jesus uses in John 15. And for those of you that are familiar with our triangle of discipleship and, and what it means for us when we describe what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Christ, we always talk about up, in and out, and that forms a triangle. And so I'm going to be explaining that a little bit today. So... When we start our process of discipleship, and I'll read the scripture for you now also, Jesus begins with up. Everything depends on our relationship with God, the up. So when we, when we use the word up, we, we're actually talking about how we relate to God as our king, as our savior. And uh, in John 15, Jesus describes this relationship as a to his disciples and what will unfold in their lives, he describes it to them and it's the same what will happen for us. He says in verse 9 to 11, he says the following, I have loved you as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So Jesus says the, the, the life of a disciple begins in the love relationship that, he, that the disciple has with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our response to Jesus, we spoke about it earlier this year in our Rev- Love Revolution series. Our response to Jesus is a response of love because He loved us. We love Him. So doing the work of a disciple and being a disciple and fulfilling the commands of Christ and fulfilling the Great Commission is not something we do because we're afraid of God or because it's our duty or because it's uh, you know—it's expected, it's a law. No, we do it because it's our love response. God says, I've loved you. I love you with an everlasting love. you secure in my love. Your fulfillment of the commands doesn't mean that I love you less or more, but it does mean that my will can happen in your life more. But I love you. And we respond to that love by saying, Lord, we love you. And because we love you, we want to do everything that pleases you. So that's the, the up that we talk about. And Jesus says everything begins with loving God, putting him first, being in that up relationship. So I trust you can see that on the screen, up. That's the part where we begin. We begin this journey of a disciple by beginning to have a relationship with God. And when we talk about the life of a disciple, a disciple's life is a life of consistent growth. Growing to love God more. Growing in our up is how we often put it. I want to grow in my up. This year I want to love God more than I did last year. I want to be a greater follower of Jesus more than ever before because he loves me. I want to grow in my up. But when I'm established in the up and God starts working in me and he starts changing me, transforming me, moving me from being a self-focused person to becoming an other focused person to first of all, focus on him. There's a natural thing that happens in my life and that starts moving towards the in. And that, that happens to me is what Jesus describes in John 15, verse 12 to 15. He says the following, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. So Jesus says when we live in the love of God and we grow in our up relationship, there's something that begins to happen in terms of our ability to relate, and we call that in. And the in relationship is about community. It's about beginning to live in a space where you are enlarged and stretched and able to love others and to begin to experience life in following Jesus with others. We always say that that discipleship happens best in community. It's in this in. It's in our relationships with each other as the body of Christ. That there's something that begins to happen of a transformation of our lives. It's where the work of the Spirit begins to work in us. And, and we actually, this love that we're experiencing in God, becomes fleshed out and becomes practical and real as we relate to one another. And so it's very important As a disciple, that not only am I growing in my relationship with God, but that I'm growing in my relationship with the body of Christ. In my relationship with my community of the faithful, of believers. That I'm growing because in that community, as I get tied into community, the more it will cause me to grow and the more I can grow into what God wants to do in my life and through my life. Community is vital to not only grow me as a person, but also to grow my testimony, and the testimony of the church of the Lord Jesus. That's why Jesus said, he says it here, this, the, um, you are my friends if you do what I command. No longer I call you slaves because a master does not confide any slaves. Now you are my friends friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. Jesus brings us into a relationship with him where we become co-laborers with him and with each other. And Jesus also said it in John 13, verse 34 to 35. He said it so beautifully. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. So just as you've received the love of God, the up now share that and live that in the end with each other. And then he says that so you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Our testimony as the body of Christ is so tied in with how we show the love of God to each other. And I'm not talking about some romanticized idea of the love of God among us and there's no problems ever and we never f- disagree and we never have problems and issues. It's, it's more than that. It's a real robust love of how we deal with our differences, how we honor, how we, we, we bear each other up, how we prefer one another. And, and at other times we can talk more about that. But that's what Jesus says makes us the light of this world is the love that we have for each other. That, that makes that the love of God is not a theoretical subjective thing, but that it becomes a true, real experience that is visible. The kingdom of God can be something that is just my kingdom and it works for me. But when it starts working out in this area, it's more. The kingdom of God then becomes real and visible and tangible to other people. And from that place then, the out becomes possible. Read, let's read what Jesus said about the out in John 15, verse 16 to 19. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Lasting fruit, make disciples. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. You see, the reality is when you and I become followers of Jesus, disciples of Christ, and we, we begin this up journey, and then as it moves into the in, we've actually stepped out of the spirit of this world and the, and the world. We, we're no longer part of the worldliness. We, we now have given our lives to the kingdom of light, not the kingdom of darkness. So we have come out. The word church, ecclesia, means those that are called out. We have come out of the world, but then God sends us back to the world. To go and bring light into the darkness. So the word go, go and make disciples. And here it also uses the word go. So there's the out. God sends us out. We begin a journey when we, and a process and a rhythm in our life. When we begin to experience the love of God, receive His love. That changes and transforms us so that we can begin to live that love in community. And as the testimony of a community grows, of their love for one another, it allows them to share that love with the world around them. Now, I'm not saying you have to get this perfect, then get this perfect, then get this perfect. That's not how it works. It it's often happens all three at the same time. But more and more we want to grow and we want to increase and in our ability to love God, our ability to love the body of Christ, and our ability to love the world to love the people in the world, and to go and spread the gospel, to, to share what we have received, to share it with the world, to give it to those that are, that are lost. And, and that will put us in a place where we are open to be misunderstood, open to be rejected, open, open even to be persecuted, because we're coming from a different place into the world. But we can do that because we have the love of God, because we're part of a community. We pray, we support one another as we each go on our mission. And, and you know that each of us are called to make disciples. And everywhere we, we go, in every season of life, we go and we make disciples. We, we bring the kingdom of God. I do it through preaching the word. In, in, a, in a church context, you do it by, in your workspace or by doing your job. And and over the last weeks, we've spoken about how, again, the kingdom of darkness is the chaos that Leviathan wants to bring into this world and consistently break down, whereas the kingdom of God is the kingdom of order. And where God is and where God's people go, they take into this world this order of the kingdom. When I use the word order, I'm not talking about some ritualistic religion or some form of moralism or some form of dogmatism. You know, I'm talking about a life-giving order that comes from who God is, that made this universe. You know, God made this universe, and there's a law to the universe. There's the natural law that God established. There's there's the law of life and how to live life and health, and there's law of economy in God, and there's moral laws. And those laws, when those laws are practiced in in a love response to God, not as an external thing trying to measure up to some so that God doesn't punish us, but, but because I love God. There's an order that comes in my life and through my life to the world. And that's the task of the church is to go and share that order, to bring that order into the world. Jesus speaks about that and he makes it quite practical, that order in Matthew 12. It's the occasion where where Jesus was talking to them about the spirit of this world. And he used the example of if you cast out a demon out of somebody. And he says in, in Matthew 12, verse 43, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes out into the desert, seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the, the, the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home, empty, swept, and in order. You see, when the, when the enemy moves in, when a stronghold, we spoke about it last week, when a stronghold of the enemy moves into our lives, there's darkness, chaos, disorder. It's just confusing, confusing dirty. It's, it becomes Life breaks down. But when the Spirit comes in and the enemy is chased out and the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, He brings, He cleans things up. He, he tidies things and He puts things in order. And the reason He does that is because God's order makes life possible. And not just life, but, but flourishing possible. And that's what the Holy Spirit has done. And that's our testimony, isn't it? Isn't that your testimony? Isn't that the testimony, ongoing testimony of your life? That, that by the Spirit of God, He's bringing God's order, life-giving, loving order into your life. But we get to share that order with this world. We, we take that order into this world. When we, when we go and we live the love of God. And that's how we live to see change is the change that God is busy doing in us, we allow that change to be expressed through us. It all begins with having a relationship with God. And, and just to complete the triangle, what's amazing is that once you've experienced God working in the out, it often brings you right back to loving God even more. That's certainly my experience. The more I I give, the more I position myself to to give out and to, to love other people and to share what God has done in my life and to be used by God to bring order in different situations, the more I need God and I come back right up to God. And it begins this pattern, this cycle, this rhythm in my life that continues to take place. And it's like my little triangle starts really small. But every time I go around it and I learn it, it grows bigger and bigger as its influence grows. Now, you are called by God to bring order in the world wherever you find yourself. If you're an architect, you can bring order in human habitation and living. You can establish God's order. If you're in education, you can help bring the order of God's, of God's world into people's mind by letting them understand God's law. If, if you are in cleaning services... Right now, how important are people that do cleaning services, healthcare? You can bring God's order in the place of the chaos that the enemy is trying to bring. We all have our part to play. We all have our job to do to establish God's law. And God's law is the foundation of human flourishing. Where God's law is obeyed and God's law is lived in, there is. People live the way they're supposed to live. And life takes on a new form of flourishing. I love a poem that is written by Wendell Berry. And I just want to read you a small part of it. Where he says, The the cloud is free only to go with the wind. The rain is free only in falling. The water is free only in its gathering together. In its downward course, in its rising into the air. In law is rest. If you love the law if you enter singing into it as water in its descent. He's saying that there's a natural order that God created things for. And when we become to live in that order, in that pattern, in that rhythm of God, we enter into the freedom of living the way we were created to live. I know the world's concept of freedom is doing whatever you want. Freedom in the biblical concept is living the life way God wanted you to live the life. Living according to God's life-giving and loving law. As it's fulfilled in Jesus that died on the cross. It made it possible for us by his grace to live in the law of God. He's saying like, like the clouds are only free because they move with the wind. That's the way they made. Water is made to go from the mountains down into the sea. Water doesn't flow upstream. And it's, it's free when it is following the pattern that God has built for it to follow. And so we are free when we're living in the patterns of God. When we live this pattern, for instance, of loving God, putting Him first, then being growing in community, and then going out. We live in the, 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 the freedom of God. Now, I know that so often what happens in our lives, in times of struggle, perhaps, possibly, or times of difficulty, like the time we are in now, it's, it's quite easy for us to begin to live what I what we call a two dimensional life. Where we take our triangle and we flatten it and we say, Well, I need God, I can't make it, I can't, I can't do COVID nineteen and, and the restricted life and, and all the chaos. I can't deal with it if I don't have God. And I also know that I need community, I need people, I need to, to experience the love of people, and I need to have people love me. And and then I I you know, and we can do that. And so often what we then want to do is to say, we, I, I'm, I'm just not going to, for a season I'm going to park out. I'm not going to do out. I, I don't have the capacity. I don't have the, the ability now to, to go out, and to think about out. I, I'm just trying to survive. Now I understand that. And I think there are spaces and short periods of time where, where, where up and in is okay. But I want to tell you the Spirit of God If we want to continue to flourish as disciples of the Lord Jesus. And and, and that's not a spiritual reality only. That's a life reality. If I want to continue to flourish, I need to allow the Spirit of God to draw me out. To make sure that I don't just live this and flatten my triangle. Because if I do that, if I only live up and in, you know what will happen? Eventually I'll stagnate and then even begin to experience loss. Because your seed... Your fruitfulness, what does fruitfulness do? Fruitfulness provides the seed for tomorrow's harvest. So if I only live here, I'm not sowing any seeds. And at some point, I'm going to start experiencing loss. But even in this season, it's an opportunity for us to say, Lord, what is the out? Now, it may look different. It's definitely different now. It may be a bit more restricted or but all of us. You see, this is the reality of a life of a disciple. A disciple's life is in every season and in every occasion and in every context. I want to be making sure that I'm growing in my up in and out. There's no times where a disciple says, this is ideal time for discipleship. This is not ideal. There's on every occasion. And isn't it so true in our lives that the the time of testing is the time that produces the testimony? And so when I'm going through a difficult time like now, but if I just live here, I'm not going to share the testimony. It's the testimony. It's being the witness of what Jesus has done in my life while I'm going through the struggle that so often speaks to people. So let us be three-dimensional disciples at this time. Living according to God's patterns. Living the rhythms of God. Living according to God's law in our lives. So that we can continue to go and share and grow. I want to read for you what C.S. Lewis said about this. He says the following. God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol and it would not run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel. Our spirits were designed to burn or or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. You and I were built to live life around God and in God. And with God and through God, he's our Alpha and our Omega, our beginning, our end. If you want to flourish in life, if you want to not just survive, but take go forward and be fruitful and have multiplication happening in your life, then it has to be that you live according to God's law. And God's law is as a follower of Jesus, when I want to become more and more obedient to, and that happens in my up, my in, and my out. The great commandment is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then the great commission is, go and make disciples. Teach them everything that I have taught you. Teach them to obey. Teach them to live in my order. Now, I know this can be challenging. I know, like I started, we we always feel, yes, I should be doing this. But like doing more exercise, then, you know, we just... But that's where the Spirit wants to work in us. And I just want to say this. I know, if if I can relate it to you like this, that if you think about the the giving-receiving dynamic in our lives. when When we build our up relationship, there's a little bit of giving we do. But compared to what we receive, it's so minimal. It's so great to have a relationship with God. Because he gives us so much. Yes, we have to give him everything we have. But compared to what we receive from him, it's so little. When you take that into community, it rearranges itself a little different. The giving and receiving almost becomes equal. In community, I have to give everything to community so that, and then everything I will receive. Because com- remember, community is not some human ideal. It's not based on human need. It's, it's a biblical principle. It's based on what God desires our testimony to be. So, so often people just think, what can I get from community? No, no. You can't think about what you must get from community. It's what you give to community. And then you receive And these two are always working together. I give and I receive. I give and I receive. But there's an equality. Our challenge is when it comes in that dynamic to the out, the R becomes little and the giving becomes big. At least that's how it feels to us. The out is where I say I give. I give to others. And I don't actually expect to receive. That's what Jesus said. They're going to persecute you. They're going to hate you. They're going to reject you. Because you may not receive a lot. And your focus in giving can't be on what I receive. Your focus in giving is I'm I'm fulfilling doing what the Father asks of me. And loving him. But you know what is the amazing thing? When I give... Ultimately, I will receive. That's why Jesus said, so that your joy will be made full. Fruitfulness in our lives gives us greater joy than anything else. When we live to see change, there's a joy that the Father then comes and gives. And we go back into a a giving and a receiving relationship. And that's this triangle that we go around all the time. So I want to say to you, that's why Jesus said, None of you who's left father and mother for my sake will not inherit more in the kingdom of God. Every seed you sow, you will reap 30, 60, 100 fold. I know in our culture and in church we've made that about money. It's not about money firstly. Money as part of God's law of economy is included in that. But it's about so much more than that. It's about giving everything, our lives, living our lives for the kingdom to see god's order established living like c.s lewis says so i want to invite you over the season that we are going into now that we call our faith promise season which is a, a big out focused season for us it's a it's it's a part of our calendar every year in our church and in the south church we're launching faith promise this year it's the part where we where we focus a bit more on the out Within the context of up and in. We can go out because of what we have and we have received. So I want to invite you. All I ask of you is as we position our hearts. Next week we start talking about our pledge and and, and what are we doing and how are we giving and, and how are we doing ministry and missions. But today I want to ask you just to put your heart before the Lord and to say, Lord, I want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus. I want to follow you. With all of my heart. I want to love you. I want to grow in my love for you. I want to grow in my love. For the community of the faithful. And I want to grow in my love for the lost. And for the world around me. Use me Lord. To bring order. As you have brought it in my life. Bring order into the world around me. Through my life Lord. In whatever way. Whatever context where the Lord's put you. Your context. Is where God has placed you to. do the work and Lord we're going to give our money we're going to give our time we're going to give our energy for this purpose we're going to live to see change and again like I started in the beginning there's a natural part to this process there's a flow that happens that's why Jesus said and, and and Eugene Peterson put it so well In in Matthew 11, where Jesus said, come to me, learn from me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Eugene Peterson says, come into the unforced rhythms of grace. These are the unforced rhythms of grace. It's loving God. And that begins a process, a flow in my life. That is not something I do because I'm afraid, but because I love Him. And I invite us all. I'm asking the Lord to help me to grow as a follower of Jesus, to grow in my up, to grow in my in, and to grow in my out. As we end the time together, I want to pray that for all of us. So as we end the service, I'm going to invite you. We've got teams standing by that are ready to pray with you. Perhaps you've never made a decision to be a follower of Christ. You've never given your heart to Jesus. Won't you, when you Dial in uh, on, on, on online church or where if you send the email to the address that comes on the screen. Won't you just right now say, won't you pray with me? I want to give my, my life to Jesus. Or it may be that you have recognized that you have allowed your out to be a little bit discarded and, and you've not paid attention. Say, Lord, help me. And I know there's discussion points that will come up on your screen. Please use those and pray for one another. But I want to pray for you right now. And that all of us together as a community, that we will grow in our love for God. Our love for one another and our love for the world. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. Thank you that you are so awesome. That you are so good. That loving you is the greatest thing living according to your law, according to the way that you have made the world to work, is, is living life. And as Jesus said, life in abundance, living life to the fullest, flourishing, Lord, so that your kingdom can come on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray for that. We pray, Lord, for each of us. We want to love you more. We want to love each other more. We want to build our testimony. We want to show this world just the reality of the kingdom of God by how we love each other and then also by letting that spread to the world beyond us, Lord. And Lord, we prepare to give to the world. We prepare to take on a position like Jesus did. When Jesus came and and he laid down everything and he said, I will give whatever you require. Lord, let us be givers of our lives so that we can live to see change. And I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this amazing thing that you're doing in our lives. And thank you for the joy that we can each have of being fruitful in the kingdom of God. Bless us, Lord. I pray for every person right now that is struggling, Lord, that that feels like they're just hanging on. They can't even think about flourishing. I pray for the grace of your spirit to, to just create momentum in their life. So that there can be a flourishing that grows throughout your people, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me. May the Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week. We're going to see you next week Sunday. It's going to be a great Sunday. We have got Tony Miller as our guest speaker all the way from Oklahoma City. He's obviously not going to be, you know, physically uh, here, but we've, he's recorded a message specially for us, and we're going to share that next Sunday. So join us, 930. Look forward to seeing you again. Bye. Thank you, Pastor Louis. Join us next week as we shift our
0: focus on how your giving has made an impact by funding our Headfield initiatives. Bishop Tony Miller will be with us sharing a special message on our faith promise season. So please don't miss out as we continue to give to see change. Have a blessed week.